0: Whether it, it should be a one-state solution, uh, we are allowed to dream, yes, um, but why stop there? Why not go to uh, dream of uh, you know, a socialist federation of the Middle East? The question is how to, um, also how, how to get to your goal of ending um, uh, misery, of ending the occupation of ending violence and ending um, this uh, circle of blood. This is Instant Coffee, a new podcast brought to you by the LSE Middle East Centre and produced by me, Nadine al And me, Yubel Sleiman Haider. On this episode, Jack McGinn talks to Alon Lee Green about the future of the Israeli left. Jack is Palestine solidarity activist and communications coordinator at the LSE Middle East Centre.
1: Alon Lee is National Director of Standing Together. Jewish-Arab grassroots movement in Israel. Over to you, Jack. Hi, Alan Lee. Um, Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Jack. You're really nice to be here. Great. Um, So I thought maybe we would just start the conversation about about Israeli society uh, and about where you see change coming. Uh, Obviously, that's what you're engaged in with uh, standing together. And whether you think you can see change coming from within Israeli society, from outside, from combination?
0: Maybe it's uh, good to start with, um, you know, saying um, that there is an Israeli society. Um, Kind, kind of a newsflash, but but um, we are a society with, uh, you know, our fears and hopes and dreams and uh, worries and interests. Um, And as any other society, we are. we are in a struggle of living um, in a in a country where we are taken care of by our government, where um, we are um, able to live without fear, um, and where we are able to live where our um, needs meet um, the the actions of, of of the government. And I think that the Israeli society's story um, in the in the past even two decades is is of great Opportunities next to big dangers, and and it's this story where um, the government is doing what whatever it can to deepen the uh, Israeli occupation of the Palestinian-occupied territories. And it's uh, the government is doing whatever it can to put the interests of a very small um, minority group, of elite group of, of settlers and, and, and tycoons, um, very wealthy um, people in Israel, in front of the interests of um, the vast Israeli society. And I think that if we look at it, that uh, story in, in from, from this angle of, of opportunities next to, to dangers, we will see that the, the majority of Israelis are holding the interest to change uh, our government, to change the reality in Israel and to work towards um, peace and equality and social justice. Um, and we can see progress. We can see great uh, points of, of hope where people are struggling together and um, shoulder to shoulder, standing together for those goals for those changes in in our reality.
1: Yeah, I guess from an outsider's perspective, it does look like Israeli society has been drifting to the right for some time. I mean, I know there have been uh, episodes like the the 2011 tent protests, which I know you were a part of. However, since then, we've really seen, you know, right wing governments reelected, Netanyahu becoming the longest serving prime minister in Israel's history, uh, and now moves towards Annexation. So, where where do you see kind of like the hope coming from through that from Israeli society? Is it is it really true that uh, Israeli society has, is interested in avoiding annexation and all that comes with it?
0: Um, yeah, definitely true. Actually, all last polls, uh, opinion polls in in the news, um, showing a very clear um, answer on that. Um, 70 um, uh, plus percent of the Israeli society, right wing, left wing, center, Jews, Arabs, are um, saying that the first and most important thing the government should do right now is taking care of, on the economical, uh, deep economical crisis um, that we are suffering now due to the coronavirus. And um, only 4% of the Israeli society, 4% even of the right wing, are saying that the government should um, annex the parts of, of the West Bank. If you ask um, um, in the opinion polls, kind of... Um, there's a there's still a majority of of israelis um supporting the end of the occupation and the two state solution and right now around the, the annexation more than 50% of israelis is saying that annexation is bad for israel um as much as it's bad um for palestinians yes there is a very uh wide gap between the needs, the longings of Israeli society and the deeds of the Israeli government. I think it's not an only Israeli uh, story. We are seeing a shift to the towards uh, right-wing um, populism all around the world. Um, it's, um, yes, Netanyahu was there already a decade um, and more than a decade ago. And yes, Netanyahu in many ways is a prototype of a right-wing um, populist um, leader, And he's been doing what um, Bolsonaro and Trump and and your Boris Johnson is doing right now. He's been doing it for for quite some some years. And I I think it's effective. It is effective to create a political equation where the government is pointing um, uh, blame on people's trouble, not... Um, towards the ones that are on top, the ones that hold the political and economical power, but, but in, instead pointing pointing the blame towards the ones that are beneath you in the social ladder. refugees, Muslims, Arabs, Jews in some countries, um, immigrants. Um, and that's a, a very effective political um, tool that is we see it all around the world and, and the, the question should be that should be asked is, what can we do to answer that? How can we create a left answer to these populist, um, right-wing populists that are in power? Um, we haven't been very successful in doing that so far.
1: Great. Yeah, what to do is a good question. Um, I think you could say that standing together stands in the tradition of the Israeli Peace movement, the anti-occupation movement, which maybe reached its height in uh, the 90s with uh, Rabin and Peace Now during the Oslo periods and massive demonstrations in Tel Aviv. Uh, However, the occupation has since entrenched and we now see moves towards annexation. What do you think sets aside um, movements like yours and this new generation of uh, the Israeli left from those that came before?
0: That, that's a really good question, um, but, but I want to start um, and say that um, we also have or had some victories um, along the way. Um, just 20 years ago, Israel withdrew uh, from Lebanon after almost two uh, full decades of occupying some, some land from, from Lebanon and being involved in an actual war it was a very um, ongoing story um, between um, uh, the Lebanese and Israeli people of story of casualties and story of violence and story of of, of hatred and, and even though we don't have peace right now it is a very big achievement of the Israeli peace movement to, to get the government leave Lebanon and um, withdraw back to the border. Peace now was involved in this, uh, the the movement of four mothers um, had a great achievement there. Um, But what it is very interesting and and important to look at is the question of how are you relevant to people's life? I think it's a very key, important key question in in politics. Can you um, be relevant if you're only talking about the interests of Palestinians, although you are operating in part of the Israeli society? Can you be uh, relevant if you are only talking about the Israeli interests um, of ending the occupation or achieving peace if you are living in a bi um, national society and This key question is important to understand the difference um, also uh, between standing together and other um, um, movements or organizations in in the peace movement in Israel. First of all, because we are not only a peace movement, we are a political social movement that is seeing the interconnections of the different struggles um, that are connected to the lives of, of people in Israel. And we are, um, uh, basing our politics, um, on politics of interest, of shared interest. We understand that uh, Palestinians, um, living uh, under the Israeli occupation for more than, than, um, half a century, they have the interest to, to live, um, in independence. They have the interest to, um, live without fear and live without, um, an armed army controlling their lives and, and controlling their movements and, and, um, doing whatever they want, um, um, to their, you know, families and villages. Um, and we also understand that Israeli hold this interest to live without fear and to live uh, in peace and to live with security and to live without missiles being shot over the head. And these fears, those interests uh, are something that we need to, to base our politics on. But not only that, we need also to be relevant to the questions of what wages do you have um, uh, when you go to work and you work a full um, a month and you still cannot get by um, and and provide to your family and uh, the question of whether we have health services that are um, good enough um, or or cheap enough to or free enough to be providing for your good health and and whether you are um, uh, being able to live a respected life on your pension, so those questions are questions that were not being addressed by the Israeli peace movement. Movement along the the years, and and we understand that you have to connect the struggles, and you have to create a movement which is talking about a deep change in the Israeli uh, society, in the Israeli reality. It is a change that also connects communities and brings Jews and Arabs together in the shared struggle for a better future for us.
1: So, in that case, you you you're you're tapping into you know, resentment within Israeli society about just in regards to the government's foreign policy, but domestic policy, the uh, Netanyahu government's being a thoroughly neoliberal um, institution. How, how do you see then the, the change coming? Are you involved in electoralism? Or uh, I know that obviously you all have your roots in a protest movement.
0: I, I'm going to be frank and say that I don't believe change will come from parliament in the very near future, I, I can't see it happening. I don't think there are the forces there that will um, bring upon this this change. And I think there are some amazing people um, in the Israeli Parliament. I, I've worked myself for five years as a political advisor for for an, a left MK in Israel, MK Dov Hanin, who is part of of Kadash, um, a Jewish Arab front, which is part of the now the Joint List. Um, but ask yourself, or I don't know, it it might shock some people, but you know how many uh, Jews vote for the um, joint list? It was 4,000 voters in the first election of the joint list in 2015. And it's 20,000 voters, just, you know, half a seat out of the 15 seats of the of the joint list. And the way the political system in Israel is structured is just Irrelevant, um, And the Israeli left um, parties are not relevant um, anymore because one party is mainly Arab, the other party is mainly Jewish Zionist. And um, if you are um, looking to vote for a party that is also a socialist party and also a Jewish Arab party, you can't find one. Um, so they, they separate themselves into a very sectorial um, um, uh, kinds of political um, parties. Uh, along the way, people are just getting lost and um, people are feeling that their struggles are not being represented in parliament. And, and that, you know, we came to the point where the Israeli left right now in after a year of three cycles of election is the smallest it has ever been in history.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if that is the case then and electoralism seems to offer a dead end, do you see do you see hope for, let's say, some of the more radical ideas about what could happen in Israel and Palestine in the future? So, for example, you talked about Israel itself being a binational state currently. What about you know, the one-state solution? What about a binational state uh, throughout all of historic Palestine with equal rights? Uh, do you see any <laughs> prospect for that? Is that desirable?
0: I, I will start by saying that, um, that great... Changes have happened um, in history, and and we are talking today when women um, are allowed to uh, vote uh, and and are um, having uh, much more equality than they used to have. They. We have a long way um, to to go and to struggle to achieve real equality but if you look on the 20th amendment in the history of, of the US in the in the suffragist movement in in the UK in the US you see that those um, changes did not come because prime minister of or some minister or a president of some country woke up one day and said, Okay, today I feel I want to give um, equality for women. These changes happen because of movements, because of shiftments that happened, um bottom up in, in society, that happened because people got involved and organized. If we will not come um, to understand that and to understand that we are in a huge um, um, junction of history where we need to decide whether we're going left or right. If we will not decide to organize and to create those movements that will bring those changes, it will not happen because um, some parliaments or or um, governments will vote on this. To the question of what is the solution um, that, that is needed in, in, in Israel and Palestine um, in regards of the occupation and in uh, regards of equality, because um, occupation is not the only bad thing that is going um, in, in the national conflict. Arab uh, Palestinian citizens of Israel are suffering from inequality from racism from police brutality and I think uh, equality is the key element is the key value to drive um, this this change of, of the whole uh, region whether it, it should be a one-state solution uh, we are allowed to dream yes um, but why stop there why not go to uh, dream of uh, you know a socialist Federation of the Middle East that, that's also a, a nice um, Uh, dream, but the question is how to um, also uh, get how how to get to your goal of ending um, uh, Misery of ending the occupation of ending violence and adding this uh, circle of blood The answer is that a one state solution cannot be the first step to to that Um, uh, You have a very solid national Majority in the occupied Palestinian territories that are um, for having independence. They want to live in a Palestinian independent state. In the in Israel, you have a very solid national majority that want to live in an Israeli independent state. Some of them will even say in a Jewish um, independent state. And I will have our work inside the Israeli society to fight inequality and fight racism and fight fight bigotry. But but if you take this national majority on the one side and you take the other national majority on the other side and you put them under one state, I think it's a recipe for more bloodshed and for more violence. So the question needs to be asked is how to practically um, end this situation. And I think it's by achieving an independent Palestinian state alongside Israel um two capitals in Jerusalem and the sixty seven um air borders the demolition or, or evacuation of, of all settlements and uh an agreed um agreed solution to the refugees um problem that is the only way right now and it's been known for many many years it's uh
1: it's an achievable solution on, on that issue of the refugees that is a, a sticky topic uh the Israeli rights Sees any return of a significant number of Palestinian refugees as irrevocably changing the Jewish character of the state. And I mean, don't they have a point? Um, you know, that, that is going to be a different state with um, a significant amount of Palestinians returning who, who were made refugees in 1948. Uh, what do you see is likely happening there? And, uh, uh, you know, as, as part of the solution that you mentioned.
0: If the right wing in Israel is so afraid of um, some Palestinians returning to Israel, why do you, why do they push annexation so strongly? Annexating thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, eventually maybe millions of Palestinians, it, it, it's it's a bit a tougher um, situation for them in their eyes than um, bringing back a few thousand um, Palestinians as a part of of a peace solution and and a solution for the refugee problem. I think that the, the whole issue is that the right wing in Israel is not having any answers. They are just about um, preserving the status quo um, and managing the conflict instead of thinking of solutions they know that annexing um, annexating um, parts of the West Bank will include um, 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 annexating Palestinians do they want those Palestinians being living under Israeli law and having no right to vote and no civil uh, uh, rights that's apartheid Um, And I'm sure um, uh, it's not a situation that can be manageable anymore. That's a situation that will explode on on the faces of Israelis and Palestinians. So the, the answer is that you need to look on reality. You need also to look on the reality that also the Palestinian leadership is not looking... I think to um, move um, tens of thousands of Palestinian families um, back to the, the cities and villages they used to live before 48. Um, I, I think um, a lot of the solution will be um, symbolic. Confiscating, bringing some people back, giving the the, the, the respect and comfortable life to the um, Palestinian refugees camp um, uh, that are uh, situated in 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 Palestine and Jordan and in Lebanon, and I think um, the the answer should be always always pushing to the opposite side of the government's um, uh, way we need to go to peace and ending the occupation instead of going to uh, annexation we need to go towards equality and respect uh, instead of going to more racism and more apartheid
1: well only thanks so much we're gonna have to leave it there um but thanks for joining us on instant coffee thank you uh, very much the best of luck uh uh, which sounds like a difficult struggle in Israel.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Jack and Alon Lee, for taking the time to speak to us. And thank you for listening to Instant Coffee, your quick fix of everything Middle East. Join us every Friday for a new episode of Instant Coffee where we interview artists, activists, writers, journalists, and more from the region.
0: To find out more about Standing Together, follow the links in the podcast description. Also, make sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated on our latest episodes. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time...